Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water, let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Amen. So a couple of questions that I want to dig into right at the start early on in this sermon. The first one was, what is a disciple? And the second one is, who is a disciple? Rick Warren talks about you and me like this. Rick Warren from Saddleback Church wrote 40 Days of Purpose said this, you were created to be like Christ. You were created to be like Christ. So the call of a disciple is you. Those of you that are in our study in, um, in the big welcome on Thursday afternoon, well, I asked you this question, but you're all old, your memories have gone, so I can ask it again now, and, and that's fine. And you won't, you won't even remember that I asked you it. But... Uh, if we read most, most English translations of Scripture, of the Bible, how many times does the word Christian appear in it? We've got one, none. Well, it's two or three around the time of Antioch where it says the, the, and the followers of Jesus, the followers of the way, as they were called, were first called Christians. So if we say maximum three occasions, the word Christian, what about disciple or disciples? Any on the other hand, how many times is that mentioned? A lot, yes, we get that, yes. Any advance on a lot? Oh, some people were listening on Thursday afternoon, yeah. Somewhere around about 230 to 250 times in Scripture, disciple or disciples. And so that reminds us actually that at the time of Jesus, if you were following Jesus at that time, you were more likely to be called the followers of the way or a disciple of Jesus than you were than a Christian. Now, I'm not saying we don't call ourselves Christians, but to help us understand what that means, it's a good thing to look at disciple. And I want to say this, that we can go to two extremes when we talk about disciples. Number one, we can say being a disciple or doing discipleship, which is the, the, the way that we, we are a disciple, it's a course. I do my six weeks of discipleship when I've done, I've graduated, that's me. I can get on with the rest of my life. That's one mistake we make, that we think disciple is just sort of entry level, beginner stuff, let's get it over with and move on. Or the other extreme we can think of, disciple is really the superhero, the superstar. 
the person who's been a Christian for 50 years, who's been there, seen it, done it, that, that only they can call themselves a disciple and the rest of us are sort of, you know, just some mass in the middle. We're neither starters nor are we superstars, so we're just sort of generic, here we are. Well, that's wrong. The Bible tells us that actually we, Jesus defines you and me if we're really following him as a disciple. And the context of this passage, the context of Jesus, his life on this earth, was just that for Jews, it wasn't unusual for rabbis to call people to be their disciple. And so we see in some of the Gospels, actually, some of the first men that respond to Jesus are disciples of John already. John has called them around. He's gathered them. He's talked to them about repentance. He's talked to them about the kingdom of God. And then he sees Jesus and says, look, behold, the Lamb of, the world, you know, the Lamb of God who come to take away the sin of the world. In other words, my job is done. Disciples, off you go. There's the better rabbi to follow. So this idea of following a rabbi, you learned from a rabbi. You went on that journey as a disciple. You walked with them. You talked to them. The rabbi would sit down. And the disciples would gather round the feet of the rabbi to listen. And so that if they felt you were really being a good disciple, they talked about you being covered with the dust of the feet of the rabbi. You were so close to that person that the dust from his feet went onto your clothes. So there's that idea of intimacy that you journeyed, that you listened, you did life together. And so we see the disciples on their journey, listening to Jesus, sitting with Jesus, walking with Jesus, talking with Jesus, eating with Jesus. One of the most consistent invitations of Jesus, and we see it in this passage, we'll come to it in a minute, is this invitation to follow me to follow me. And so one good way of explaining, if, you're saying, if somebody says to you, are you a Christian, what does that mean? One good way to say, I'm following Jesus. He's my Lord, he's my friend, he's my saviour. I'm on that journey with him. So when we talk about journey, we're all involved. Some of us have just started that journey. Some of us are even still discovering what does it mean to start that journey. Some of us have been at this journey for a long time. Some of us are, are want to think we can well see the, the, the finishing line in sight. That, that our finishing line is closer than our starting line was. And we want to finish strong. And we want to be that disciple who's covered in the dust of the feet of Jesus, even as we, as we finish. You never graduate from being a disciple. One way of thinking about being a disciple is being an apprentice. That's what the word really means, a learner, a follower, an apprentice. Larry was telling us on Thursday that he did an apprenticeship. He had to do a full year of, of, of sort of training even before to get into the apprenticeship. Then it was five years of apprenticeship. Is that right, wasn't it? So six years in total. Then he's fully qualified. He's done his apprenticeship. He moves on. You never stop being an apprentice of Jesus. You never stop learning from Jesus. You never stop saying, right, I've graduated now, I'm arrived. Some of the most dangerous people in the world are Christians who think, I've arrived, I know it all. You know one of my favourite favorite 
quotes to ever give you and every couple of months or so I'll say it and remind you again it's from from Max Lakeda he says this God loves you just as you are but he doesn't want you to stay like that he wants you to be more like Jesus God loves you just as you are but he doesn't want you to stay like that he wants you to be more like Jesus that's the journey the invitation of following Jesus, of being a disciple that he and that he he invites us to. And on several occasions, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of people. What's Jesus' job in that? Jesus' job is the making. What's our job? The following. If we follow, Jesus will do the making. All the stuff that needs sorting out in your life and in my life, Jesus can handle if we start following and we stay close. So let's have a look at this passage, Jesus and the disciples. The Bible scholars probably tell us that this is probably the third, at least the second occasion where Jesus had called these disciples to follow him. And we see here disciples who have perhaps heard Jesus, they've perhaps seen him do some miracles. The very previous verses talk about Jesus proclaiming and doing the miraculous. And now they're challenged to give up everything and to follow him for a season of life. He's teaching by the lake with people so desperate to hear that he decides to talk from a boat. He looks to Peter and asks him to put his boat out a little into the Sea of Galilee, Lake Gennesaret, so that he can speak from there and the people can see him and hear him more clearly. And when he goes to do that, he finds the fishermen cleaning their nets after a long an unsuccessful night of fishing. You see, Jesus always makes his call to ordinary people in ordinary, everyday situations. And if we had time, we could talk this morning, and, and we, it was lovely listening to Harmony, wasn't it, earlier? We, we've all got a story to tell of that encounter and how we began that journey. And then Jesus says this. He, he, he asks Peter to push out into deep water. When he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. So it's interesting. Before Jesus has asked Peter to go deep, he's asked him to push out a little way to start with. And the greatest of journeys always start with the smallest of footsteps. And my encouragement for you this morning, especially if you're early on in your journey of following Jesus, don't be embarrassed about taking some small steps. Because you can't go out into the deep before you take those small steps. And small steps always start a journey. 
Perhaps Peter wouldn't have landed this miraculous catch of fish that we've read about here if he hadn't first gone out a little way. So I wonder for all of us this morning, but certainly for those of us in the early stages of this journey, even before we get to the deep, what's the little steps that Jesus is asking us to take? What are the little steps this morning? It could be a, a little step, could be a quite easy one, like, like John was saying, get here 20 minutes earlier and be part of the prayer group, prayer meeting. Giving up 10 minutes a day to open a, to open a Bible. Having, a, having that commitment each day to have a chat with Jesus. Sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to what he's got to say to you. And see, part of this here is that this is a reminder that Jesus always tests the confidence and the trust of those that are following him. If I said to you this morning, where do you find your confidence? Where's your trust? I wonder what your answer would be. These guys are professional fishermen. They fished all night and they've caught nothing. So were they going to be paralyzed by that failure? Were they going to trust somebody who wasn't a fisherman? Jesus asked them to go deep. He was asking them to do something that was unnatural to them. In the Sea of Galilee, most of the fish were in shoals in the relatively shallower water. So any fisherman who fished there knew actually that was the place to go, not out into the deep. But Jesus is asking them to push worldly wisdom aside and trust in him. And that's an important thing of following Jesus, that the world will give you all types of reasons why it's not worth following Jesus. The world will give you all types of reasons why we're wasting our time this morning. But we don't trust worldly wisdom. Now, that's not to mean that we, we end up being stupid or we disobey medical advice or whatever. But our ultimate wisdom always comes from God. And here, there's something about the invitation, the call of Jesus. What does Simon say? Master, we've worked, worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. In other words, what are you talking about, you know? We know what we're doing, and we even we haven't caught anything. But then, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. And it's an exciting place to be when you can say to Jesus, because you say so, I'll do it. Not sure why, not sure how, but hey, you're almighty God and you've spoken. And if that's the case, I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to take a step of faith. Wasn't that Harmony's testimony? Disaffected uncle who, they didn't, who she didn't get on with. Prayed for. And what's the very next opportunity to go and meet the uncle? Don't want to do that. Okay, Lord, because you've said it, I'll do it. And so the call into the 
deep. Jesus asking them to do something that they wouldn't normally do. And deep in the Greek here really means extreme, full-on, completely committed. Let's put it this way. Can you remember, those of you that swim, can you remember that first time in the swimming pool or even in the sea when you're in that dangerous place and you're not quite sure if you're, if you're in control or you're out of your depth? You know that? When you're walking in, in the sea or and you're up to here, it's okay and it gets further and further. Now, but you've got a decision to make about there, haven't you? Am I going to keep going and I'm going to have to trust and I'm not going not to be able to touch the bottom. I'm going to have to start or I'm going to go under or I'm going to go back because I'm scared. And I think that's a good spiritual principle of when we go out into the deep, we can't be in control of ourselves. We've got to trust God. But the, the, the miracle here happens in the deep water. The miracle for John happened in that deep place when he wasn't going to survive. He wasn't going to keep his head above water unless God intervened. And that's the journey that Jesus calls us on. And there's something here about leaving behind their nets. They pulled up their boat on shore, left everything and followed him. See, part of Jesus' test every time he calls the disciples is, are you going to be brave enough to leave behind what gives you confidence, what gives you hope, what sustains you, what strengthens you, what your life is built on in order to follow me? Are you going to leave your nets, the very symbol of your job, of your identity, of where you get your self-worth, where you get your money, your value? Are you going to put all that to one side and are you going to follow me and enjoy the adventure of the deep water? And that's the call that Jesus makes. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about things like the cost of discipleship, like the cross and discipleship. We're going to talk about uh, the commitment of discipleship. How do we start that journey? We're going to look at the the commissioning of a disciple and we're going to center on the words of Jesus and the incidents from the gospels that we believe will minister to us right now. Peter's first response to this incredible large number of fish so much that they had to get other people to help them and there's this lovely picture here of the community coming together to serve and to land this catch of fish. But when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. Imagine how Peter must have felt. They've had that night of failure and then Jesus invites them to go into the deep and they pull in a a catch of fish, the likes of which they've never seen. And Peter's first response isn't fantastic we're going to get loads of money from selling this we've got food on the table we're back in business his immediate revelation is this is an act of God this is a miracle this man is God himself and I don't match up to him 
Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. And part of the discipleship journey is actually recognizing right from the word go that we don't, we don't deserve to be on this journey at all. That if it was up to me to be good enough to be a disciple of Jesus, I'd never make it. And I hope you realize that's the same for you as well. But that's part of the grace and the love and the mercy of God that he invites us to sit at his feet. He invites us on this journey with him. He invites us to be followers, even though we don't deserve it. That's a reflection of how much God loves us and his invitation to us. And Peter's recognition, I'm a sinful man but he saw a glimpse of God's grace upon his life. And that's what we all need when we're starting that journey. So what's, why, why the fuss? Why are we making such a fuss about discipleship? Well, let me put it this way. In churches, it's easy to measure the success of a church looking at A, B, C. It's easy to look at the success of a church looking at A for attendance. We've got good numbers in here this morning. And I get excited when we've got good numbers in on a Sunday morning. Rightly so. But we can't judge the success of what we're doing just by how many people are in seats on a Sunday. Or we could look at building and we could go, well, we don't own this building, but this is such a lovely building to be in. And we've got a great place to meet. And, and rightly, the last few months, we've loved being in here. We're excited about this place, aren't we? And being part of this community here. But we can't judge the success of church just by how good or bad a building that we have. So we can't do A, we can't do B. C, cash. I love the fact that we are a generous church. I love the fact that we've got a finance officer who keeps our finances in good order. And I love the fact that we're a church that gives away money generously. We gave loads over Christmas and the next couple of weeks we'll have some reports of that. But we can't base the success or failure of a church just on cash. You see, A, B and C, they're all important but they're not the best marker to discover, are we successful in the eyes of God? So what is it? It's D. It's disciples. And that's a little bit harder to quantify, isn't it? But that's how Jesus looks at us. He's interested in the other things, but what he calls us to do is to be a disciple and to make disciples. And that's where we're going to be these next few weeks. Another familiar picture I have, and we're going to mix some metaphors here away from disciples. But you know that Jesus talks about himself as the good shepherd and talks about us as the sheep. So I've said this, that the ideal Christian, the ideal follower of Jesus, the ideal disciple looks like a sheep from the front because... We're following the good shepherd, but we look like a shepherd from behind because we want other sheep to follow us on that journey. And so that's the picture that we've got of disciples, ordinary men and women, not superstars, not just beginners, 
but everybody, if you've got breath in your lungs this morning, you qualify to be a disciple of Jesus. And there is a role for you to play. Some of you, you're thinking of those small steps. And that's great because we're not all on the same place on the journey. Some of you are thinking of some deeper steps. And so I just want to round things up in the last couple of moments to talk about what's, what's it going to look like for you in 2024 to go deeper on that journey of following Jesus, on that, on that life of being a disciple. I hope none of us can honestly say that we're deep enough that there's always more of the deep in God to discover. And if we did a line from the shallow end, the paddling pool, to the deep water, wonder where you might put yourself. You don't need to answer that out loud, but you might just want to think about that for yourself on that, in, that, in that scale, as it were. Are you, just, are you in up, just up to the ankles? You're in, but you're only just in. Are you up to the knees? You're feeling a bit of a flow of God around you, but you're still in control. Are you up to the waist, just about, about just holding your own, but beginning to feel like God's going to take you? Are you up to your shoulders? You're feeling that press of God pushing you out into the deep. Or are you out of your depth, can't touch the bottom, abandoned security? You're dependent on God. You've got to go with the flow, otherwise you're going to sink. But going with the flow of the Holy Spirit, and I'm, again, mixing metaphors left, right, and center here, but when we go in that flow, that's such an exciting place to be. Because that's where the adventure happens. That's where the miracle happens. And so I wonder if you commit with me um, as the pastor of this church. That's my prayer, that I want to be a deeper disciple in 2024. If that's the case, I'm going to be a better pastor. Church says amen to that about time. I'm going, to be a, I'm going to be a better husband I'm going to be a better friend if I can be a deeper disciple then God can do amazing things I wonder would you stand with me if you, you sense that same spirit on you as is on me this morning just to want to be that person who's going to go deeper so what might that deeper journey for you look like is it about spending quality time with God it's about carving out those times to chat with Jesus. Is it about being determined to open your Bible and engage with the living word of God more deliberately? Could you read a book of the Bible that you've never read before? Could you have a chat with Jesus about some of the challenges that you face? Could you take that reality of the miracle that John received or that 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 breakthrough in relationship the harmony received is that something that you, that you need to ask the Lord for right now could you journey with somebody else is this an opportunity to be friends with somebody and to say hey could we walk this journey together one of the things we're going to do in our midweek meeting certainly online we're going to have some discipleship conversations we're going to say, let's meet together for an hour or so and let's talk about this issue or that area of, of following Jesus. You might want to commit to be part of what we do in midweek. 
Right now, Spirit of the living God, would you minister to us? Just reveal to us what steps we should take, whether it's just some small steps, some practical things that we can do to, to push into this journey, or whether it's something deeper. Lord, would you cast out fear? Would you remind us that being out of our depth is actually an exciting place to be, trusting and dependent on you? We open ourselves up to this journey, journeying with you. By the end of 2024, we want to be further along the journey of discipleship than we are now. We want to be closer to Jesus than we are now. We want to be covered with the dust of Rabbi Jesus because we are so close to him. So would you speak to us, we pray. Would you invite us on this journey? Would you strengthen us when the journey is tough? And most of all, would you remind us this morning that you call each and every one of us to follow you, to be your disciple and to make disciples. Push us out into the deep, we pray. Be with us on that journey. This day and throughout 2024, we pray in your precious name, Lord. Amen. Amen.